Our script reading this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. May the Lord add his blessing at the reading of his word. Good morning, church family. It's a pleasure to uh, be with you this morning. I bring you greetings from Glendale Adventist Academy. Santa Clarita Church has always had a great relationship with Glendale Academy. You send us wonderful students. You send us great board members and even great board chairmen. And uh, we've always enjoyed a great relationship with this church. Usually when I come, I'm with our corral, and I just have the pleasure of sitting and listening. But uh, this morning I have the privilege of speaking with you. When I was a young pastor, the very first church I pastored in, the, the first Sabbath I preached, I finished it about five minutes of 12. And uh, as I was greeting people as they were leaving, a little old lady at the back said, that was very good, but it was just a little too short. So the next time I preached, I, I planned for a little bit longer, but as luck would have it, you know, you got started preaching later, and it went a little bit over. And she said, that was really good, it was just a little bit too long. So it is what it is today, and, uh, and, and that's what we're going to have. So I'd like to share with you a statement that was written by a very famous person. This is what it says. From the day your child is born, you must teach him to do things. Children today love luxury too much. They have detestable manners, flout authority, have no respect for their elders. They no longer rise when their parents and teachers enter the room. What kind of awful creatures will they be when they grow up. You know who said that? Socrates in 399 B.C. Socrates in 399 B.C. A few years ago, a remarkable story unfolded in Southern California. The story of Tom and Pauline Nictor and their 11-year-old son, Jason. They had found a lost wallet on the street containing over $2,000 in cash, a credit card, a passport, and a plane ticket. What made the story so extraordinary was not that they turned it over to the police, who managed to find the rightful owner, but that Tom and Pauline were both jobless at the time, and the family was homeless living out of their car. When the Nickters were being interviewed on the evening news, even the police could not help but voice amazement. Pauline simply replied, all we did was what we were brought up to do, to be honest. Yes, it was tempting to keep the money, Tom admitted. But he kept thinking, what if this was all the money 
the person had in the world. And Tom was painfully aware from his own recent experience how quickly you can go from living a normal life to being on the street. He just couldn't keep the money. As a result of the media coverage, people from all over the country reached into their pockets and sent the Nictors contributions of every size. Both Tom and Pauline got job offers. They were helped to find an apartment, and they ended up with over $16,000 from strangers who were moved by their act of honesty and good citizenship. As she gazed in shock at the box after box of letters and donations, Pauline Nictor laughed and said, This is all my mom's fault. Two thoughts occurred to me. The first was about how delighted any of us would feel as parents to realize the profound effect we had had on our child through the moral lessons that we had taught. And the second was the powerful lesson 11-year-old Jason was learning from mom and dad. He stood there before the cameras, beaming with pride at having done the right thing. As parents, as church members, we want our children to be moral, caring, and compassionate. We want them to have an inner certainty that who they are matters, that what they do matters, how they talk matters, and what kind of people they become matters. Our children's moral instruction is one of the most important tasks that we face as parents, that we face as adults and church members. Simply put, the kind of children we raise will determine the kind of world in which they will live. That's why Moses, in our scripture this morning, passed on a message from God when he said it is critical that we teach young people about God at all times. And the Jews in the Old Testament time even took this very literally, where when it said, you know, teach the scriptures and bind them on your foreheads and bind them on their wrists, they would actually literally do that. They would put a little box and bind it around their head and put scriptures in it. You know, that's a little bit much. But the point is that at all times, when we're at home, when we're out, when we're going to school, whenever, our focus should be on remembering that we serve a God of love. Parenting and training young people is tremendously challenging today. We face challenges that were undreamed of even a generation ago. The world today in which our children grow up is increasingly complex, and the issues facing children are radically different. We and our children are constantly bombarded by a dizzying array of values and ethical examples from friends, family, the media, religious institutions, political leaders. And the choices we make as parents and the choices that confront our children seem much more life-threatening than they did in past years. Just compare a list of the problems reported by school personnel in 1940 versus now. In 1940, the top seven problems in schools included talking out of turn, chewing gum, making noise, running in the halls, cutting in line, dress code infractions, and loitering. In the present, the concerns have been replaced by drug abuse, alcohol abuse, 
teen pregnancy, suicide, rape, robbery, and assault. This transformation is reflected in our social environment. The breakdown of values, a culture of conspicuous consumerism, and the ever-increasing rate of divorce and the breakup of the family. There is a war going on right now in our society, a battle over the soul of America, over the lives, values, and ethics of our young people and children. Do you realize that kids under the age of five watch an average of 24 hours of TV a week? Adults are worse. They average 44 hours a week. By his or her high school graduation, today's teenager will have watched more than 20,000 hours of TV, more than any other activity except sleep. He or she will have witnessed 18,000 killings and more than 350,000 commercials. Do you know that today's adults are spending 40% less time with their kids than their parents did with them? The average age a young person first uses alcohol is 10.1 years of age, or at the fourth or fifth grade level. An estimated 20% of 14 to 17-year-olds are alcoholics. Every 20 seconds, a teen becomes pregnant. The average age a child brings a gun to school is nine. Over 300,000 adolescents are forcefully driven from their homes by their parents each year. Back in 1994, Newsweek magazine carried an article entitled Kids Growing Up Scared, in which the problems of teen violence, drug abuse, gangs, etc., was blamed for robbing a generation of young people of their childhood. Has it improved in the last 15 years? Ann Landers called our children a threatened resource. It was President John F. Kennedy who once said our country's most valuable resources are our children. So is it any wonder that God, thousands of years ago through Moses, commanded the children of Israel to make the training of their children a priority? For only then will we be successful in passing on our faith, love, and trust to the young people, to make greater contributions to our society. What does the scripture say? Train up a child when he is young, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Sadly, however, we as adults often allow our attention to be distracted. We become focused on things that don't matter. Those of you who know me well know that one of the things I love to do is play games. I love sports. Milton and I have banged against each other a few times on the basketball court. You know, that's my favorite, favorite sport game is basketball. I also love playing table games, strategy games. You know, games that uh, whether you win or lose is based upon your own knowledge or your own skill or your own strategy. My wife, on the other hand, loves those pointless games like Uno. You know, something like that. But uh, I like the strategy games. I suppose it's because I'm very competitive. And uh, so I can spend endless hours playing those kind of games. A number of years ago, one of the games that became very popular that was my favorite was called Trivial Pursuit. Any of you play Trivial Pursuit? Of course, I had to play the Genius Edition. Um, 
And I can remember spending many hours playing Trivial Pursuit. It measures your knowledge in areas such as science and nature, art and literature, sports and leisure, history, geography, and entertainment. Questions such as, what is the world's largest sea? What film did Broderick Crawford win the Best Actor Oscar for in 1949? What did Ellen and Ebenezer Butterick invent and first sell in 1863? Who was the first black to be head coach of a major league pro sports team? Do you know the answers? The largest sea? The Mediterranean. What film did Broderick Crawford win the Best Actor Oscar for? All the King's Men. What did the Butterick's invent and first sell? Paper patterns for dresses. And who was the first black to head a major sports team? Bill Russell. Bill Russell. I can play that game for hours, and sometimes I feel quite smart, and other times I feel quite ignorant. Yet the more I look around our society in which we live and the manner in which we live our lives, I become to realize that many of us are obsessed with the trivial, with things that really don't matter. Whether it is the Guinness Book of World Records, People Magazine, the tabloids, Hollywood gossip, NFL statistics, the latest movie, pop singer, or music video, people are obsessed with the trivial. We can't miss Entertainment Tonight, Extra, or especially TMZ, because they have the latest information. No one should care, but millions do. Millions of dollars are spent on magazines and books to stay abreast of the latest developments in the world of irrelevance. Just look at the past week at how millions have been mesmerized by the tragic death of Michael Jackson and obsessed with every little bit, tidbit of information and gossip surrounding the family. Millions of people have signed up to be Twittered electronically now by various people, various celebrities. Should we really care what Ashton Kutcher is eating for breakfast? Does it really matter? You see, I would like to submit to you this morning that one of the greatest evils affecting our society and lives today is not one of the things that we Christians typically condemn, such as alcohol, materialism, promiscuity. Rather, it is our obsession with the trivial, with things that don't matter. We fail to see that our trivial pursuits are just as addicting, just as much of an escape as the other vices that we so eagerly condemn. Mike Royko who was the Chicago Sun-Times columnist, lamented in an interview following the death of his wife about the hours he had spent watching TV sports, hours he now wishes could have been spent with his late wife. He said, I think about the terrible, the incredible amount of time you really waste, and in so doing, you sacrifice so many important things. And sadly but not unexpectedly, obsession with trivial matters often 
corrupts the church. Have you ever heard church members argue about things that really don't matter? One of my favorite preachers who founded an organization called Youth Specialties is a guy by the name of Mike Iaconelli. And Mike Iaconelli tells an experience he had as a, as a young youth pastor. He had started a Friday evening worship at his church, and pretty soon, tons of youth were coming out. To pretty soon, he was having like 150 youth on Friday night in his church. And one Monday morning, the senior pastor says to him, Mike, I need to see you in my office. And Mike goes into his office. And the senior pastor is sitting there, and there is a lady there who heads the women's organization in the church. And he says, Mike, we have a problem. He said, Friday night, when all those youth were at the church, someone took a cup of sugar out of the kitchen. So Mike said they had to have a big strategy session on what to do about the missing cup of sugar in the kitchen. Do we put locks on the cupboards? Do we change the keys? Do we need more supervision? What do we do? Instead of being thankful that there are 150 young people at church on a Friday night when they could be out getting into all kinds of other trouble, we're worried about a missing cup of sugar. Tony Campolo, another well-known speaker, tells the story about a chapel speaker that was speaking at Eastern Baptist College. He was discussing the problems of world hunger. And in his talk, he said, the United Nations reports that over 10,000 people starve to death each day. And most of you don't give a blank. He continued, however, what is even more tragic is that most of you are now concerned about the word I just said, rather than the fact that 10,000 people are dying today. Isn't that what we often do as Christians? We get obsessed with the trivial rather than the important. We need to stop focusing on trivial things, and we could begin making an impact on the world. You see, I think it's easier for many of us to spend our time, our money, and our energy on things that are non-threatening and trivial rather than spending ourselves on issues that threaten everything we have. Today, more than ever, there are things that scream for our attention, yet they are things that shouldn't matter. It is time that we as adults get our priorities straight, put aside all the trivial things that draw our attention away from God, and set the example that we should for our young people. Likewise, it is time for us to teach our children to focus their attention on things that matter like helping the homeless shelter. That is a great project, and I'm so impressed that you guys are doing that. That is wonderful. It's not the latest music video. It's not the newest Halo game. It's not the latest fashion or the new blockbuster movie. In our text this morning, God, through Moses, informed his people that training of young people was not a quick and easy process. It was not a part-time job. It was something that needed to happen all the time, 24 hours a day. That is why the home is so important. That is why the church is so important. That is why the Christian school is so important. I challenge us this morning to take the words of Scripture seriously, to realize that as parents, 
church members, and friends. It is all of our responsibility to support our young people and train them in spiritual values. Why not make the commitment this morning to turn off the TV and electronics, to put aside the trivial things that don't matter, to spend more time with your family, and to renew your focus on spiritual things? Thank you. Father in heaven, as we leave this place, we pray that you will renew in us a new spirit. May we not get caught up in the trivial things of this world, but instead keep our eyes upon you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.